We hope you're excited for two fabulous Broadway show dearies, because that's exactly what we are serving up for you today. Come with us as we venture to the Stephen Sondheim Theater and see the reopened version of Mrs. Doubtfire. Hello! It was so much better since previews. Okay. So much better. Much tighter. All of the dialogues and songs seemed much crisper. The story's much clearer and more fun. Rob McClure is a dream. He's going to rack up several nomin- award nominations, if not awards himself, and he deserves them a thousand times over. I mean, he's brilliant. Um, I don't know what they've done between when they closed and and, and reopened after the COVID hurrah this, this winter, but like they ate Wheaties or they took a B12 shot or something, but it is so much better. I just, I was bummed it wasn't more sold the night I went. Because mm-hmm. um, I got an upgrade uh, from the balcony to like seventh row center, um, and it was just yeah, this is a fantastic show now. It really is. Like it moved up from like on my list of well, thanks for coming to Broadway to oh you are a Tony contender. Get your get your tuchus right up there. This is I see what all the buzz was before. The actress playing Lydia, by the way was brilliant she sounded amazing the acting was great in fact the kids they've got now are spot on lydia's the wife right lydia is the oldest daughter that's right okay thank you yeah yeah. lydia's the oldest daughter and um i mean for me this uh the set was fantastic it was still huge and versatile detailed and gorgeous the lighting was amazing the songs are very fantastic, memorable. Like they tweaked it up. They had a performance on the Today Show, um, today, the day we're recording this. And it does get it stuck in your head a little bit. So yeah, it has Eleanor a little... Roosevelt, a little bit of Julia Child. Yeah, yeah. No. It, it does. Like it's good to have. It, it's good to have an earworm. Exactly. Exactly. Make me a woman. But they've got a few of those now. You know. Um, I think one of the things I noticed is the sound was crisper and clearer. So, like, um, the Social Worker song, when we saw in previews, You've Been Playing With Fire, mm-hmm. where she's really belting and almost screaming a little bit with, like, a little bit like, whoa, like, I get it. You can take me to church, but I have no idea what you're saying, and I'm confused. It's much clearer now, and I'm like, oh, my God. This is such a smart number. Okay. It's the dream ballet. Okay. It's the spiraling out of control. You've been playing with fire. You're getting burned. You know, and there's an army of Mrs. Doubtfires that come out. It's the Beetlejuice where he has all the Beetlejuices. Do you hear that sound? You know, and mm-hmm. everybody's going crazy. It's that. It's So I was like, oh my God. This is actually a really smart show. We have to take a step back and realize that this is a really, they've really put thought. So I appreciated that. The only two numbers that bothered me was um, Mrs. Hillard's number where she's singing to Mrs. Doubtfire about, you know, her heartfelt ballad, telling like what did, what went wrong when two people don't love each other. And then um, at the very end when the social worker brings by the paperwork to sign Mm-hmm. And she kind of sings to him or to her. I was like, these two just, 
they still don't feel right. Mm-hmm. But other than that, even the 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 dinner scene it was better. You lied to me. Oh my god, it was so much better. It it every the the rhythm was perfect. It lined up so and and with comedy, it's all about timing. So it lined up so much better, and I was like, yeah, this. Mwah. Um. I can't wait. I can't wait to see it again. I really can. My mom's coming to town and I'm like, oh, I get to go see this with her. I'm like, yay. So guys, go see this show. I'm, I'm moving it up to a, a whisper recommendation, like a director's pick, whatever we're going to call it. Tickets for the show playing at the Sondheim Theater on sale through November 20th, 2022. Next, we head to the August Wilson Theater via Henry Street to see the now open revival of Funny Girl. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> I love this musical, but then again, Fanny Rice is my favorite vaudevillian. Now, hold on a second. I have to call out one thing on this. You love this movie. The movie's good. You have never seen this musical until this revival. But I read the libretto. You've never seen this musical until this this revival. This is true. They did so much work between the preview performance that we saw and this performance that I saw. Um, this show got just trashed by the critics and, and, and shame on them. Um... If you're a critic and you hear this, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm no shame in that because the the show is fantastic, and I feel like Beanie is getting criticism for things out of her control. She sings the part incredibly well, and it is not an easy part to sing. First of all, she delivers the humor incredibly well every night. She acts the hell out of this part. It's fun. It's exactly what you go to the theater for. And unless you saw the original version, what, 50 years ago? With Barbara Streisand? Stop acting like you have a candle to hold to this show. You know what I mean? Like, go in and have a new experience. We talked about this on our our 50th Sage Whisper episode of Avita. Stop going and expecting something that happened 50 years ago. Go in and go see this new version and really enjoy it because these performers, Jane Lynch, Raman Karanlu, um, Beanie Feldstein, and I can't think of his name, the amazing tap dancer. I mean, they are giving incredible performances that just give me life. Um, I, my, my issues with the show during the previews, my biggest issues um, were... The big numbers like The Greatest Star and Rain on My Parade were a little underwhelming. And they didn't feel staged, right? especially Rain on My Parade didn't feel staged right. And I was like, feels like a directorial thing. Like, just let her off the leash and just go. Like, we are expecting this to be a big Broadway number. And it's there now. Don't Rain on My Parade. Oh my God. That scene makes so much sense. And she does. She just goes for it. And the audience is 
like losing their mind. And like I said, I, I said the same thing about Paradise Square and I say it about this and I've been telling people who, who see our posts on social media, critics be damned. The audiences are loving it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the critics don't pay for their tickets. But the audience members, we do. And great, we're going to go see it. And it's a wonderful show. And they deserve accolades and they deserve praise. It's just... <clears throat> I love that. See, the what, the the... One of the things that just really stuck negatively in my mind when we saw this in preview um, was the way that um, Beanie was fitted in her costumes. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with um, this idea of the plus-size woman. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that a plus-size woman can't be beautiful and gorgeous and... Mm -hmm. um, and glamorous. Um, and so for me, in previews, a lot of the the costumes felt underwhelming. And I feel like if that were a actress who was not plus size, it would have been dripping in glamour. And they didn't do that for Beanie. And it was frustrating. So they didn't alter a lot of her costumes in the gaudiness of it, I'll say. Mm-hmm. But I had the opportunity, thanks to, ironically, a critic to move an intermission down to the orchestra, mm-hmm. about 13th row. And getting that different perspective, getting closer, things that you thought were like moo-moos or capes or that, they're not. But the way that they're designed, it looks like they're, it's the quick rigging for quick changes, that the way that, they're, that they rest on her body gives it that illusion, that silhouette. So back row where we sat, unfortunately, I think those last few rows see a different image than the rest of the theater because those costumes are fabulous. Um, her opening costume does look great. I, that, it wasn't that a, blue and white. like That one I didn't have a problem with. The one that I had the biggest problem with was the wedding dress in the um, the bride number for Ziegfeld's Follies. No, 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 no. That one was genius because she wasn't supposed to look glamorous because she altered the dress herself. She didn't, she doesn't view herself as a beautiful woman. Correct. And so between her and her assistant, they altered the dress it doesn't come across that way, and we could get into this, but we'll save it for the main attraction. You got to think about wedding dresses from back in that day, though, too. Particularly Jewish wedding dresses from the back in that day. What they looked like. Yes, and they didn't look like what she was wearing. No, but they didn't look glitz and glamour like the rest of the Ziegfeld Follies. So I, it, and again, if you looked it up close, it's, it's right. It is. I promise. Um, it did come out a little more sparkled this time around, though. There is more sparkle on it. I'll have to see the show again and let you know what I think. Yeah. But top to bottom, it looks much better. Um, going with costumes, I do want to mention the wigs look really good. Real, I can't get over Fanny Bryce's wigs. They mm-hmm. look so... I loved... Oh, I don't... See, I can't remember if in previews, but... Um, when she's like young Fanny, she's got like her hair's kind of down and it looks so good. This cute like curl coming down and all the way through. I love that her hair has bounce in act two 
it's curled, but it's got this great bounce and it shapes her face so wonderfully. And oh, I, I, I could go on and on and on. The orchestra is exquisite. The new book is stellar. Seriously, this is just a wonderful, a wonderful show. And one the other thing I want to mention. On the way out, I noticed this. You know, it's the August Wilson Theater, and they usually have stuff up on the walls about the August Wilson Theater, plays he wrote, shows he's done. Did you know that on the way up to the, you know, you enter the lobby, and then you go up a flight of stairs to get to the theater? Mm-hmm. Up those flight of stairs, they have all this stuff about Fanny Bryce. I didn't see Did they have that when we saw it in previews? I didn't notice it. Oh my gosh, I so, love that. So programs and music and things like that. So that's really, really cool. Tickets for the show playing at the August Wilson Theater are on sale through November 20th, 2022. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune in to our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage, Whisper Deary. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Music for Wildlife and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.